Hello and welcome to episode three of the Foggy with a Chance of Seagulls podcast. My name is Clark Weininger. I'm joined by Evan Lindsay. Evan, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be recording with you today. A um, little peek behind the curtain. Been having some technological difficulties that we're still ironing out, but happy to be chatting with you about um, Giants baseball. Um, Who have also been really... having some technological difficulties this week, <laughs> or at least bat to ball skills not happening. Yes. But yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to get into it. I think if you were following the Giants at all this past week, you kind of know it's not been going so great. Um, I will say we are recording on a Saturday before the Rocky series ends and hopeful to pick up a couple wins going into the all-star break, but, um, a week to forget on the whole, but Clark, you did go to a few games this week. So I did. I'd love to hear your I went experience. to the one win of the week. Um, so you're welcome giants. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. And then I went to, uh, Friday night's, um, tough loss. Although Friday night was a, a great encapsulation of the benefits of the pitch clock. That game was mm. over. Actually, both games that I went to for different reasons really, to me, highlighted the pitch clock. But last night, it was like Tyler gives up the homer in the seventh or eighth inning. And it's like, eh, we weren't going to score five runs tonight. So let's mm-hmm. pack up and and go. And we didn't leave early, but uh, not this time, at least. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, watched the end. It ended and it was like still a pretty early night and we had a drink afterwards and had a good time. So it was fun. And then Wednesday night, I went with a bunch of coworkers and game started randomly at 605, which is kind of a weird start for a weeknight game. Yeah. But because of the pitch clock and because Cobb pitched a gem, game was over at like 830. And it was like, all right, that's an I'm home in time for like normal bed. It was like, yeah, I talked to coworkers the next couple days and they were like i could go to a lot more games if they're this quick like i don't have to worry about getting home too late or the commute or anything so um just shouts to the pitch clock um and yeah um yeah i i mean from everything you're saying you you strike me as an enjoyer of the pitch clock and i i would just actually wasn't planning to talk about this but i'd love to just hear your thoughts on it as um as i feel like somewhat of a i don't know I, it's hard because I, I wouldn't quite, uh, you know, cast you as a baseball purist, but because I think you you embrace new school stuff. But I, 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 when I think about you, I think of kind of somebody who like enjoys the classic like way that yeah. the game is well, played. Well, I hate and... bat flips. You know that about me. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, <sighs> no, I, I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, I was, I'm, I was not, I was not in favor of banning the shift actually. Um, and I've really enjoyed that rule change as well. Um, mostly because when I played baseball many years ago and not very well, I was a left-handed hitter. Um, so I've always been a fan of lefties. And, you know, Yaz and Jock are getting more hits through the right side of the infield. Um, yeah. So that's just objectively more fun. But back to your question about the pitch clock. I, I've i been really impressed with how quickly it hasn't felt like a factor at all. Um, Mm. and someone we're going to talk about quite a bit later, um, on the giants is Camilo, who has struggled more than I think anyone else with the pitch clock, but even with his struggles, it hasn't really changed how he operates as a pitcher. So I think in, in most ways, it just, it speeds up the game. I remember Nomar Garcia para growing up who would take like 85 minutes every at bat. (laughs) Because you'd have to take off his batting gloves, do the Macarena, uh, <laughs> pray to whatever God he believes in, and then come up and swing at a 0-1 pitch, and then mm-hmm. then do the same routine yeah. right after that. So I think it's taken away a lot of that stuff, and yeah. I don't think any hitters or pitchers have been like so negatively affected by it. So I've been impressed yeah. by it. But what do you think? Yeah, I, I was curious to ask you just because. I um I feel like in talking to different dads, they're not <laughs> such a big fan of the pitch clock. Like I've heard, you know, from Circa's dad, um, our friend, um, I saw him and we talked about the game because we were both at the Mets game, and he was like, he loves to just like luxuriate in it in the game and just kind of like enjoy enjoy the pace of like how slow it was. And 
I think there's a lot of like older fans that feel that way. And um, and I totally actually I I do I think that like when you watch on TV, you don't really get a sense that the pitch clock is changing things so much. But like when you're in there person. in person, it definitely yeah. feels different. Like I mean, we talked about it last week, but you know, in the the game that I saw, um, the the strikeout that Camilo got to end the game, it was like I blinked. It was after the Bailey throw him out situation, mm-hmm. and then um, the game was over, and it was kind of like shocking. And I think my maybe only qualm with it, and I've seen this in like comment sections of articles and stuff, is um, I'd maybe like to see it dialed back in the later innings because yeah. I think there is a tension of just like the like making it feel more chess-like in the end that feels worthwhile. I think in like the beginning innings, like let's go, let's go, let's get it as quick as possible. But especially like. I'd personally like to see in like the playoffs. Yeah. I think it'd be a shame to like have that speed in like an intense ninth inning game tied moment or something. Yeah, like that. couple runners on and the guy on second is like kind of moving around and you have to, you know, make sure he's not stealing signs. And then the ump goes like this. Yeah. And um, for those listening in the audio, I pointed to my <laughs> wrist, um, which is the <laughs> signal. But uh, yeah, You're and then storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would like to think that in the playoffs, there's a little bit more leeway. I've always wanted to see it implemented like delay of game in football where mm. the clock hits zero. And as long as there's like intention to snap the ball, the refs are kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's it's not like it's not like a shot clock violation in basketball. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. Overall, though, I'm a I, fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan too. And I think, I think it is like, there's this conversation about baseball. That's sometimes funny that older people do have as well. That is like, are young people watching? How do we get people to pay attention or whatever? And genuinely, this is one of the few Manfred things that I think actually Mm -hmm. does help the game and makes a case for, you know, it's like, you can go watch a game and then go home and watch the ultimatum on Netflix. Do you know what I mean? Like back when I'd go Plug. to a game at Oracle, um, never, never watched it. Um, <laughs> but, um, but like when you go to Oracle for a game, you, you get home, it's like 10, 11. Do you know what I mean? And then you, the, the day's over night's right. over. And like, I think if you could make committing it part of to a, a night, late night just to go see a baseball game. Yeah, exactly. And I think for a lot of people, like, you know, getting three hours in, it's like, Oh, Okay, let's wrap this thing up. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, I'm a fan, but um, I wanted to, um, since you had gone to the ballpark a couple times this week, um, just having gone to a game recently myself, I started thinking about um, some memories that I had at um, at Pac-Bell, SBC, AT&T, Oracle always, Park. Always Pac-Bell till the day yeah. I die. You know, I wish that I would always call it that, but unfortunately, I really was like when they changed it every time they changed it i was like i'm only calling it what they used to call it and then i just adapted because it's annoying I, to i've other been people. surprised how easy oracle park comes out of my mouth actually yeah I, it, it has a good flow it sounds to it, good say. especially like with it's like, better than at&t i think it's a lot better than at&t and especially after going to so many warriors games growing up at oracle arena yeah. it's a little weird it's natural at the same time. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, agree. that's not what but we're talking anyway. about. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Who knows? Um, this is the show about nothing. No, that's a different show. Um, I want to, yeah, I just wanted to like, maybe you could share, ba- you know, this week we had one good, one bad giants game. I love to hear mm-hmm. one good and one bad experience at the ballpark. And I think maybe, maybe it'd be fun to start with bad. I like that. Um, my, my bad memory. Uh, shout out to, I feel like every episode we shout out someone we went to high school with and 98% <laughs> of the people we uh, have on this pod or have listened to the podcast, have listening to the this podcast. podcast, don't know, but shout out to our friend Andy, um, who when we were in high school, we got tickets uh, and he invited me and we were super close behind home plate. It was like the closest I had ever been to a baseball game. It was amazing. It was it was close. I think we were playing. It was either the Mets or the Padres, because only I can only think of the player who ripped my heart out. Giants killer, and I'm not going to say who. And I want you to guess after I tell the story. Oh. But we're like it's like two all in the uh, like late innings, 
and up comes this notorious Giants killer and fastball down the middle. And this guy hits just an absolute moonshot to left field. And as soon as it hit the bat, it was like, this game is over and my entire (laughs) night is wasted. And I really wanted to see a good game here. And baseball hurts me and I hate the sport. (laughs) Before I go on any any guess as to who this Giants killer might be? I'm putting Evan on oh. the spot. We did not talk about this. Um, I mean, also to be clear, we didn't plan out much today. So hope you're enjoying um, that. Um, but uh, Gold, Goldschmidt? Ooh, no, much more fringy and like more when we were kids. Also, Padres oh, oh. Mets. I gave you the. Oh, yeah. Um. This is like immaculate grid, but in a remembering some guys yeah, but, form. But now we're recording video and audio, <laughs> yeah. so I'm looking really bad. <laughs> I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to. No get worries. It. I. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. It was Scott Hairston. Oh, wow. That's notorious that's... Giants killer. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's also, a good one in that why would you one. think of Scott Hairston? on a Saturday in 2023. So anyway, Scott Harrison, That's what we're here for. Uh, <laughs> will forever be etched in my brain for hitting a home run off uh, Sergio Romo. I just remembered who threw the uh, pitch. Um, and yeah, it was just absolutely clobbered. From what I remember, it so, hit so the funny? glove, but it actually, it, it's impossible that it did, but it was just absolutely <laughs> crushed. I've always wished that balls could hit the glove. I oh. feel like that would make... I don't know. That'd be fun. I think I feel like they used to do like a thing. If it did, then like there'd be some prize that everybody gets or something. But like it's never happened. Never happened. Yeah. I remember going to a game as a real little kid and uh, seeing the Cardinals come to town and wanting Mark McGuire to hit the glove so badly because he was the only guy I could imagine who could do it. By the um, way, if you're if you're not a Giants fan, in in our ballpark, there's a giant baseball uh, yeah. glove and a giant Coke bottle. So that's that's what we're talking about here. Which yep. uh, I'll flash it. You know, I'm trying to be better about our YouTube stuff, so I'm gonna flash a little pick. Am I a YouTuber now? Um, you're a YouTuber. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my bad memory. Um, yeah. What's your Can bad? I do memory? My bad. Yeah. 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 Um, well, there's one that really comes to the top for me, which is um, I think it was. I want to say it was a Rockies game. Um, uh, they were they were in town, and I was. We went early for batting practice, which we always used to love to do. Um, and I want to say the Rockies were hitting batting practice. They def- no, they definitely were. And I was like maybe, um, like left center kind of. And um, the and just a little bit of a preface, like. I like played little league, but like I started really late. And so kind of my baseball instincts were like not the best. And so I, um, I had my glove and everything and I was ready. And then, and I was like right in front, like right in front of the track. And I was like, I want a ball, but if it comes to me, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so a ball comes, somebody hits it. It goes, it's coming right to me. And then I'm like, I'm freaking out a little bit it it hits the track and i'm like okay i'm safe and then it comes up off the track and hits me right in the head <laughs> i like i i like fall over the ball rolls away somebody grabs it and runs away i'm like oh, no. clutching my head <laughs> people are like why do you take that kid's ball he just got hit in the head and then and then and then i'm just like kind of woozy <laughs> people the nice fans around me were like trying to get the Rockies player to give me a ball, <laughs> a pity ball. <laughs> they oh, do give me a, I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> I clearly need medical attention. <laughs> and, and they ultimately do get, and, but I was like, I need my ball. I need my pity right. ball. And they do give me the ball. And then they, uh, I think my mom or like got the, got somebody to come in. And then they like took me maybe in a stretcher. I could be being dramatic, but I think it might have been a stretcher <laughs> to like the little like first aid area in the ballpark that I hadn't been to, which honestly was kind of cool to be in there for me at the time. Not cool in retrospect, but um, and I they gave me ice and like something, maybe some painkiller. 
And so I was just wearing ice on my head for the rest of the game, but I had a ball. So I was happy. So it's mostly <laughs> bad, but a little bit good at the end. <laughs> wow, that but, had um, quite the story went... arc. That was great. <laughs> Those are quite quite the arc of the ball that I did not follow fully <laughs> as well. And um, I, I don't think that I was as like, zealous to like be getting to batting practice after, Anymore, yeah. after that <laughs> but let's lighten the mood let's, let's, let's lighten the mood give me one of your best memories at the ball oh my we said this in the first episode but my entire baseball fandom was shaped by barry bonds mm. um and i remember we going to a game bonds yet so yeah, I'm happy we haven't really talked too much bonds but um but his birthday's in late july i think like the 25th or something of july um, and I went to a game on his birthday. We were playing the Diamondbacks. And this was like either the year they won the World Series or the year after. Um, the Luis Gonzalez, Craig Council. Um, and in the top of the ninth, the Diamondbacks had Council on second base. And someone hits with two outs, uh, a grounder into left field. Bonds charges it plays it perfectly, throws a one hopper to the plate and throws out Craig Council to preserve the tie ball game. And he leads off the ninth inning and everyone in the section immediately he comes up to to the plate, stands up like, oh, he's going to hit a walk off here. Like, of course he is. First pitch, cove shot, walk off. And it's like, (laughs) this dude is perfect at baseball. There's nothing he can't do. And it was just this moment of like, we have the best player everyone else sucks like you're we <laughs> will beat you like there's no this is and i, I was like yeah. six or seven or whatever i just remember it so clearly being like he's he's a perfect baseball player he controls everything on the field um so wow that's, that's a my great one favorite memory man i mean the man gave us 756 home runs to enjoy do you know yeah, what i mean gave that's it that's not even to us. mention he didn't do that for like, himself. Us. <laughs> for us specifically. He <laughs> knew that Foggy with a Chance of Seagulls was going to come out one day. And no, but I mean, oh, I mean that that makes me think of so many good Bonds memories. And we could have a full Bonds episode and probably we will. will. Well, um, there's there's a an HBO documentary coming out about right. him somewhat soon. I don't know. There's no timetable yet. But within the next couple of years, um, there's going to be like a Last Dance type um documentary about bonds which i just oh i I i'm excited i would lose my mind at it i yeah i mean and we will i mean we talked about this a little bit but i think we both have the hope that they like tell the story truthfully and not like that he doesn't get too involved as much as we love him i think that like yeah there's a real i think it's a rare opportunity for him like now this kind of thing is more mainstream with athletes i feel like to be able to like tell the story of how it really was and like I don't know. I I hope that he does. Um, I would love to see him like own up to steroids and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that is the only thing that can quash the narrative with him. And like, he obviously, and as we've, I think we mentioned the first episode, this man needs to be in the hall of fame. We have had a Cooper Cooperstown trip that we were going to make when he made it to the hall that like maybe never will come, which is a damn shame. And it'll have to be Mm -hmm. for Buster instead. But um, anyway, I think, I'm I'm cautiously excited, but I will say if you if you're a Giants fan and are interested in the lineage of Barry, he is he is part of the um the Willie Mays doc that is on yeah. HBO. I think that's really good. I mean it's it's a little it's a little bit puff piece puff piece vibes at times, but and I it, think it when felt they like really, it really talk about glossed real stuff, over a lot of his career in a way that would have been cool to like track kind of season to season but yeah it went really i i thought it did a good job um uh, talking about kind of him as a civil rights figure yeah. at that yeah at that time because jackie robinson gets all the shine and jackie absolutely deserves it for breaking the color barrier but guys like willie um even hank aaron a little bit later yeah uh frank robinson these guys had to deal with it just as much um yeah. And Willie was this mentor to so many black ball players coming up. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting and- because he, he, sorry to interrupt, but he, um, 
he, you know, kind of what they did talk about in the doc is like, there was a lot of criticism that he didn't engage enough with civil rights things or, you know, that right. he, he kind of like outwardly wanted to be kind of apolitical and just like make it be about the game and what's on the field. And I think it's kind of interesting when you then like take that lineage down to Barry through Bobby to him. And like, I don't know, it, it's definitely interesting. I, I would say I'd recommend to watch, but um. And before, I think that has go... layers in the Bonds documentary, hopefully. Yeah, um, that totally, as it should. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I have, I, have, I have high hopes. I hope it's multiple. It's like a mini series, like gives real time to different topics because there's a lot of rich stuff to discuss with, with mm-hmm. Bonds. But um, uh, and anyway, we'll do a Bonds app. But the good memory that comes to mind for me is, um, and I think I've, I've told you this, but I, I want to say... Well, actually, I can find out the exact year that this was. Um, I uh, da, 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 da. this was um, 2005, I believe, um, and I went to um, you know Fan Fest. I feel like it used to be more fun, and then it got less fun when they made it at the ballpark, kind of. But they used to do it in tents, like kind of like down where the parking lots are and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we went that year, and you know, as a kid who loved the Giants, it's like, what could be better than just like playing <laughs> Giants theme stuff, baseball stuff, winning prizes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there was a raffle for um, with the junior Giants, I think, for, to like be the the play ball kid um, mm. uh, uh, at the Giants game. And um, I entered it thinking nothing much of it. And then I won it and I got to be the kid in the third inning who announces exactly that's exactly how it sounded like i am sure and it's <laughs> funny too because like i would go to games i feel like usually i was like a little old for like the play ball kid i think usually they're a little bit younger and it's more cute when they're younger <laughs> but um but i remember distinctly being like all these stupid kids they their their voices are so lame they're just like throwing it away it's like you got to commit to it Do you they know could I mean? never host a podcast 20 years from now <laughs> exactly and i was like i remember distinctly being like i'm going to crush this <laughs> and then and then um j- it just so happens that i was at matt kane's debut game and i announced wow. his first at bat as a giant wow and yeah, I mean, that's a pretty, and it was a pretty, ultimately later, uh, my friends from school were like, we saw you at the game last night. Did you record it? And I was like, you can record it. <laughs> so that's always going to be my regret that I don't have video mm. of me doing it. But um, yeah, that's one. I'll always love Kane for that reason. Just getting to go like, Matt Kane. And like thinking that I killed it in my head is a treasured memory for sure. Forever. <laughs> you just killed it. <laughs> today doing that impression so that was great yeah um, hopefully my voice is a little bit lower but i'm not entirely convinced that it wasn't that pitch um well, great ballpark um i barely remember candlestick um at all i think you and i are completely shaped by yeah, never oracle went. park pack bell at&t um sbc for like two years there um yeah not in terms favorite. of ranking the names, I think SBC clearly last place there. But, um, but well, yeah, speaking of rankings, speaking, speaking of, of rankings, rankings, I um I you know we were talking about what we wanted to talk about this week, and it's been not the best week for Giants baseball. So I think let's not go too deep into what's going on there. No one wants um, to hear my thoughts on Michael Conforto not being able to get a hit these days or <laughs> I, Luis yeah, Matos not... lining out to center field every at bat and being like, I'm slightly encouraged, but also I don't think he's going to help us that much this season. Ultimately. Yeah. No one wants those thoughts. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think, I think that there's more that we can explore with this team and who they are really. But I think um, for the moment, let's do something fun. And I thought something that would be fun is to honor our lone all-star this year, Camilo Duvall. Tranquilo Camilo. <laughs> Tranquilo Camilo, which I think is a beautiful nickname. Do people call him that or just you? Um, I heard Dave Fleming say it on a broadcast with Javi on maybe our most recent road trip. Maybe the game you were at, uh, that Mets game. Um and I he, I love I mean, it. It's it's great, it really fits in, but 
I mean, he's having, and you know, that he got the all-star selection is well-deserved. And I think that it made me think about what's, who's the last all-star closer that we had. And I actually don't know the answer to that. Probably Wilson, right? I think it's, I think it's Wilson as well. Looking at this list, I'm almost positive that it is actually. A very Um, important thing to just chime in with, speaking of Giants closers, Evan and I have, I think, an unrealistic uh, (laughs) positive view of, maybe unrealistic is not the right word, but um, (laughs) we love Santiago Casilla and think he got uh, not enough respect um, by Giants fans in that era, but he, I don't think, ever made an all-star team. Romo got no. a lot of uh, publicity. He may have made one with he us. He actually did. I just looked it yeah. up in 2013. So he was that our last one, I believe. Because I'm positive the names in between Duvall and <laughs> Romo did not make the all-star <laughs> team. And so I thought we could kind of do a little two-part game, which is one, I wanted to see how many... Like So I wanted to go back to 2000 and from 2000 to now to see how many closers you can name. Because... And, you know, we've had some weird years, especially in the past few years with like closer by committee or whatever. But I'm just going by who are the saves leaders every Love year. It. I think it'd be a fun game. So, so am I guessing this because you have it in front of you? Yes, I think so. OK, um, so it I worked really well when we had a guessing game earlier in this episode. Um, so <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I can do a little bit better. I this think, one's more well, focused. The thing is, you so. have a lot more knowledge than me. So I <laughs> think that my... True. um all right so starting off in 2000 rob nen um very good great closer um marlin's legend just as much as giants legend but yeah i also think how about this how about this we're because we're gonna so we're doing this first we're gonna start with guessing all the names and then we're gonna do a tier ranking afterwards okay so So i won't give analysis until then exactly exactly yes yes yes. um okay so that's 2000 to 2002 Todd then in Worrell. 2003, Todd Worrell. Wow. Oh, three. <laughs> Already big a wow moment for me. <laughs> All, All right. right Todd Worrell. Todd Worrell for the 100 win 2003 Giants. Yeah. A team that. 2004. Might have been better than the 02 team, but the Florida Marlins. Anyway, we don't have to. All right. <laughs> Is this where Armando comes in? Or does he come in? No, we got after? two more years before Armando. Okay, Giants absolute legend. <laughs> Is Dustin Hermanson doing anything here? Great pull, but no, no. Okay, Matt Herges. Matt Herges. Oh yeah. five. Oh four. Four. Oh four. Okay. So I'm looking for oh five. God, I can give you a hint. What an if you awful. Need it. This is where things really started to <laughs> take a downturn. Um, our rotation, by the way, in 05, Jason Schmidt, Kyle Lowry, Brett Tomko, uh, Brad Hennessy, Kirk Reader. Well, a few great giants in there. I love Kyle Tomko. Lowry. Um, Same. Love mm. that guy. Um, but the closer this year was a hometown kid. Don't know if that helps. Oh, you at all. it does. Um, oh, no. Not Walker. Walker, last name. What's yeah, his first Walker. name? Tyler. Tyler no. Walker. Tyler Walker. Yeah, dude. Thank you for the the hint, hometown kid. All right, so then Armando for the next two years. Yes. Which were truly... Actually, just, oh, just, just the one. Apparently, I mean, I think he was around for two, but he was not um, the closer. That for makes the second, sense, the full based on my memory <laughs> of Armando. Um, Armando is one of the first, like, I know we'll do the tier ranking thing later, but he was one of the first, like, people that was, like, I feel like it was, like, water cooler conversation at school, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It was, like, so epically bad that oh, it's, like, yeah, we're all man, talking about freaking Benitez. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. So then 08 yeah. to, no, no, 07 yes. is what I'm looking for. Big. This oof. is a tough one. Um, Let's see. What could I give you about this guy? He was only ever a giant. Um, I'm just going to give it to you. Brad Hennessy. Oh. Yeah. Um, you named him then, already. The, I was surprised he was a starter when you named him on that 05 team or whatever, whichever one you yeah, named. So I forgot about that. Was, That's the hint I should have given. Yeah. Um, um, all right. I think you'll get it from here on. And then we'll get to a rough patch. We'll, 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 we'll test your skills here. So is this but, 08 um, or are we so in 09? 08 to, to 11 we're looking for. And that's Brian. That's the that's beard. That's Brian. 
Um, and then him. Romo, then Casilla. Casilla, and then Romo, actually. Oh. At least according to this. Casilla, then Romo, Kasia. then Casilla? Yes, exactly. Casilla 2012, 2013 to 2014, Romo, and then back to Casilla for 2015 to 2016. And then cool. now is when it gets interesting. All right. 2017 so... to 2021 is a, you have to be a real Giants fan to know the answer so... to this, I think. So Casilla was technically our closer in 16. Yes. He had the most saves because. Yes. Okay. So then. Did we have Will Smith that year? I want to say we had Will Smith because I kind of remember him being the one to give up the lead against the Cubs in game four. That feels right to me. But I think we brought him over in a trade that year. We did. So Casilla probably led. The team in saves, but by the end of the year. Will Smith was ostensibly the closer. Yes. And then we went into that offseason. We're like, we need to spend as much money as we can on a closer because we are a playoff team except for our bullpen. And then the next four years, we were one of the worst teams in baseball. And Mark Melanson is is the guy in 2017. Well, you know what's really crazy is that he did not lead the team in saves that year. Oh, that's funny. He and may have gotten so he hurt, probably sh- right? Did he yeah, get hurt he had that 11 saves, and it's almost hard to ca- call him a closer if you only have 11 saves. And I don't know if you're going to get this guy who was the leader. Give it to me. I don't want to waste people's time. It is Sam Dyson. Oh, right. Not the greatest giant ever. Not and the greatest giant ever. we don't need to talk about him too much. But um, he... When we traded... when he When we traded him after... His tenure. It was one of Farhan's early moves in 2019. I feel yes. like we got someone. Yes, really good it was. Back. Um, it was like helping us now. Uh, While you say that, though, well, Malant, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. We got Perlander Baroa, Kaiway mm. Tang, and Jalen oh. Davis, who is kind of a bust, but had high hope for him. I like Jalen Davis. Kaiway Tang in AAA right now and actually pitching really well. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we get we anything might see back him from Sam Dyson next year. Nice. Um, yeah. And then speaking of Melanson, he's how we got Tristan Beck. Um, Still so funny. And maybe one other. Yeah. There's one other guy. Still have. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tangent. No one asked for. Um, and, and then, then okay, 2018, so we got a new guy. And is that Will Smith again? No, no. One more year of not Will Smith. This guy was a bit of a lightning rod, you could say. Oh, a and lightning actually, rod. Actually, now that I look at it, it's Will Smith shared with... They both had 14 saves this year. Wow. These are some dark, dark times. Yeah, I when our know. It's really dark, isn't it? That's why I wanted to do saves. this, because I was like, I can't believe that this is actually what it was. Um, well, and I would imagine some of our friends listening to this show are like, yeah, I I was checked out from 2016 to <laughs> 2021. So I similarly don't remember. So. Um, give me the name. I, yeah. Let's just say he and Bryce Harper had a little bit of a moment. Oh, of course. God, I, Hunter Strickland. Yeah. A legend among at least me and Evan who loathed him (laughs) for his entire tenure as a giant (laughs) and were very validated even when he was a decent reliever. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we get to Smith and then we get to Will Smith and then then 2020 is closer by oh, committee. But Trevor Gott is who stands out to me. Who That's just got guy. who just got picked up by the Yankees, I want to say. They are so yeah. desperate right now that they were like, give me five foot ten middle <laughs> middle fastball guy, Trevor Gott. Um well well, I mean they got Wandy and it worked out for them. So That's true. And he was in that bullpen that year as well. So maybe it'll work. I always um, like to think that um Wandy and Tyro got traded for each other, but it was actually <laughs> Wandy and Talkman. That was the that was the trade. Oh, Mike Talkman on the Cubs this year. Yeah, did doing well for a little well. bit. I don't know if he still is, but he's um, not. Bellinger's back. Who's had a hell of a year. Um, yeah, interesting okay. alternate reality where the Giants pick up Bellinger rather than Conforto. And I think, yeah. in some ways, that would have been. We both better... wanted him, didn't we? We did. I. Yeah. Anyway. Conforto's had some great moments, but we can't we can't linger on Conforto for too long. Okay, so 2020 then, we got, and then 2021, 2021 would have been 
Well, did Camilo get enough saves that year, or did someone else lead um, our team in let's saves? Let's see. Let I feel like he up. came up. He came up kind of early in the year, but he was like really treated him with three saves. Three saves that oh, year. Okay. Um, Not Rogers. Rogers got thirteen, but we had a main guy who I was just when I was doing putting this all together, I saw an article that was like, "This guy is one of the best closers in the majors this year," and he huh. actually had a pretty good year. I do lefty or righty. It is, I believe, it's a lefty. Lefty. Yeah. Oh, oh, All right. Uh, Jake McGee. Jake McGee. I, yeah, which it's like, it's like should be obvious, but it didn't come to mind immediately for me. That was when I remember people were giving Farhan a lot of credit for finding these one pitch pitchers. It was him, Matt Whistler. It was like this yeah. Giants philosophy in 2021 to get these guys who like threw one pitch really, really well. Kevin Gossman yeah. was kind of an example of this with his splitter. Yeah. It was like, the Giants are revolution <laughs> are <laughs> revolutionizing. Why does that not sound yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Baseball with one pitch pitchers, and that didn't work sustainably. But <laughs> um, Jake McGee, good giant. Yeah. And McGee. then Camilo yeah. since then. Yes, exactly. I think you did pretty damn well, I do Thank have you. to say. And um, I hope <laughs> this <laughs> this is this is one of those episodes where it's like, this might be just for us, but I'm having a great time. So um, let's head over to that tier ranking if you Love want to it. pull that up. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with this, I mean, if you've been on the internet, you've seen this type of stuff. But um, for the audio listeners, we're going to be ranking um, all the closures in 2000 from D. It, you can go D, C, B, A, or S, which is superior. Um, and that's kind of based on the academic system, I suppose. And then just S. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> let's go in order. Armando Benitez. I think that is a is a full form D on that. I don't <laughs> think there's any question as to Armando's tenure with the Giants was an absolute D. <laughs> D for disaster. It D was a real bad time for disaster. him and for the Giants. <laughs> Those are some bad teams. Um, yeah. The way you said the it next up, one I was gets like, is he though. going for not D? And I was like, no, there's no question. Um, Sergio Romo. I think Romo falls in that A tier, personally. Um, yeah. I think he's a great setup man who was a decent closer, but yes. was more of a setup guy than a closer. I think I agree. I think it's like it's tempting to go S because of that the moment with Miguel Cabrera. Do you know what I mean? Like that's Absolutely. an S-tier moment, but as a Giants closer, I think, I think he's, yeah, he's just, he's like one of the best setup men who moonlighted as a closer for us. I think yep. out of necessity. Um, I agree. Okay. Well, the next one pretty easy. I think. Yeah. You agree. Uh, Rob Nen is an S tier closer. Yeah. Straight, straight to S and S stands for, in this case, smoke on the water, which might be the greatest. Wow. Uh, closer walk-up song and maybe I think he and Bonds in terms of walk-up songs have the S-tier walk-up song maybe that's a different tier list that we do another time but Bonds next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Smoke on the Water by Rob Nen are two elite elite other than last year Brandon Crawford having a uh, big step in by Stun a Man uh, as his like fourth walk-up song that's another high school friend. Pretty elite. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Jordan Gomes. Keep killing it, my dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those two walk-up songs yeah. are S tier and therefore Robin. There, it's on my mind just because I think I'm looking at his face, but um, El Mechon for Romo was such a fun time that's, every time he came that's out. That's S tier walk-up too. God, that might put yeah. Romo. No, no, we're keeping him where he is, but that is a great um, call. Yeah, and jump around guy- by Wilson, but let's get to him in a sec. Who's yeah, this yeah. next guy? I don't even recognize. I, I think it's Brad Hennessy. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Um, God, do you have a, an opinion on this? I don't even. I, don't I even... think he's got to go straight to C. I mean, like, yeah. I just it's just kind of like he was inoffensive, but yeah. <laughs> let's just go C. Perfect. Um, let's Sorry, go, Brad. Let's go to somebody with a little bit more personality. Eh. <laughs> uh, I think I think the beard is S tier. But I could I be I convinced otherwise. I I was going between A and S, but at the end of the day, like 
he brought something to the Giants that nobody else has ever yeah. brought to the team. And like, yeah, I think that he like was the 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 poster child for torture, the Giants torture but the whole thing that happened torture. back then. Yeah. Yeah. And like I think, you know, I was tempted to deduct points for the whole Dodger turn of it all. But he but was at the end awful of the day, for the Dodgers. So that that's a vote in his behavior. favor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think just just the whole legend of it and mm-hmm. and the postseason, I it just he's got to go straight to us. So I'm gonna put him there. And, and elite walk up uh jump around, I think was his um, Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was just a good time. Um who this is, I'm not entirely this sure. This is Todd Worrell, my guy. Todd Worrell, okay, great. <laughs> I think he's our first B tier. I think he was a decent closer, similar to Romo, uh, where great setup man turned closer that didn't yeah. necessarily have the like closer mystique. Um, but he wasn't on World Series teams and didn't have a moment, so I think he's a, a notch below Surge. You know what? In this era of Giants closers, I'm simply going to have to defer to you on that. Like I was paying attention, but not enough to the closers at the time. Um, all right. That brings us to Giants legend Trevor Gott. Um, I think D. Honestly, I have such a memory of him blowing like four games in a row against the Angels and A's during that 2020 season where nothing else was going on in my life. All I wanted was a giant team to be good yeah. after four awful years. And what do we do? Nope. Don't make the playoffs, even though they expanded the postseason. We give up all these late leads because our team was actually halfway decent that year. Yeah. And I blame Trevor Gott. So I'm going to throw yeah, him in damn. the uh, the uh, Armando Benitez category. Um, D for D for damn. I really wish we made the postseason that year. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Uh, Matt Burgess. Um, I could not tell you one moment that I remember of his. <laughs> Therefore, I'm putting him in C because at least he didn't make me hate the sport of baseball. That's 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 a low <laughs> bar to clear, but I respect it. I think um, I think I'm going to have to go B for him. And here's mm, why. Okay. I think. Any member of the Giants pitching staff that comes back and mm. becomes part of the coaching staff, oh, they just they point. have a little place in my heart. And I think that like that means they enjoyed their time with the Giants and like wanted to give back to young pitchers. And so for that reason, and if you're watching the video, you'll see that I um <laughs> I'm zooming in on it's his picture of him now, which is kind of unfair to him. <laughs> but um love him, love him. Um all right. Just for the slander of the picture that we chose, we have to bump him <laughs> up a tier. Yeah, 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 yeah. To even it all out. Um, well, we talked about him a little bit before, but that brings us to Hyro. Hyro. Ooh, you want to say more about the reference you just made? Well, was it Hyro Lopez? Garcia, I believe. Garcia, Garcia. Um, A's well, legend. A's legend. Well, basically, he when he defected to come out here, right? He like. I mean, you know more than me. I don't think he defected because he's from the DR. I think he signed as a kid, but that was the era where a lot of Dominicans were uh, lying about their age to kind of increase their like prospect status. Mm. Mm. And so he came out as uh, Jairo Garcia, like 16 or 17 years old, whatever, came up through the A system. And then, you know, why? Why? What? Why wouldn't he? Oh, was it? I mean, why would he say that he was Hiro? I think because a birth certificate would have proven that he oh. was older than he claimed to be. Right. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Sorry. And I'm then I'm there with you. Also, this is a this is a deep cut here, but one of the reasons Pujols, I I heard this randomly, and I don't know if I totally believe it, but I think it's an interesting theory. One of the reasons Pujols played as long as he did was because people for so long thought he lied about his age when he was first signed and that he wanted to prove that he was his age by playing into his forties that you couldn't have done if he was like four years older, three years older. Just an interesting thing that I heard one time. That's (laughs) amazing. And I think about, um, during his angels Dodgers and last year in St. Louis era. Um, anyway, back to Hiro. So then he, and I don't remember when, but, in like 05, 06, 07 was pitching for the A's 
and then became a free agent and was like, or came over to the Giants. I can't remember exactly what, but was like, actually, guys, jokes on me. My name is Santiago <laughs> Casilla. I'm actually three years older. Um, but hey, I throw a baseball well, so can I keep doing it? And they were like, yeah, man. And the Giants won a couple World Series because of that. So yeah, yay for Hiro. Um, but Santiago Casilla, Giants legend, a tier for me. Do you agree? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, I think he's kind of like spiritually very similar to Sergio in yeah. that he really is a setup man who like became a closer out of necessity. And yeah, but I think he's a great one. Much love for him. So um, I have a controversial take on Sam Dyson. Um, maybe not so controversial. I think D for Dyson and for domestic abuse, which he got accused of and was then out of baseball after the accusation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he wasn't necessarily the best pitcher either, but no, he seemed like a not good guy. And I'm sorry that I laughed at that. It just like D for domestic abuse. Um, it just, I don't, I don't know when that's been said last. And so just had to honor that, but I do not want to honor Sam Dyson. So we're going to move right along to another D, a more positive D, Camilo <laughs> Duvall. And I'm actually Oof. curious to see Oof. where you think that he falls. So I think as of now, early in his career, he's an A tier, but he is an all-star. He, he does think he is the most dominant closer I've seen since Rob Nen of the Giants. Yeah, agree. And it's been a pretty large sample size at this point. I mean, he's one of the best three closers in baseball right now. And that's been the whole season. So I think he very easily could become S tier over Brian Wilson. He just needs a moment or two. And I feel like if he hadn't given up the lead against the Dodgers in 2021 in his rookie year, I don't hold that against him, but if he shuts the door on them in game five and we win that series, I think he's already in the S tier, but him giving up that single to Bellinger to take the loss in that one is like just enough for me to, to put him down. I think, I think I'm totally with you. I think that's a tough, that's a tough memory to go back to, but I think that's partially just like how much he was being used that year. And it just like, it it was just, he ran out of gas, but he lost his fastball command that, that day too. So he could only throw the slider and now he has three pitches that are all unhittable. So (laughs) Yeah, he exactly. learned from it. Well, I'm going to put him at he's like a plus energy yes, right now. For I agree. Sure. He's in and front strong of potential the other two. All right. Moving right along. Uh, Jake McGee. I struggle with this one. Um, yeah, agree. I think B McGree, but I think maybe B too. ahead of her just behind Warrell or maybe ahead of Warrell. I think. You know. Like, with Brian Wilson, we're judging him at his best and not at his worst. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, like, when he was good for us, McGee, he was really good for us. And then things just kind of fell apart for him. So, I think I'm going to put him between Worrell and Herges, and that feels good to me. I would say, too, if McGee was better at the end of 2021, Camilo doesn't have to be our closer as a rookie against the Dodgers. That's really true. We needed that makes me want to move him down. I'm moving him down, moving him down. Um, but no, no, I have nothing against him. But yeah. just like, yeah, B minus feels right. I like that. Um, Tyler great. Walker, local legend, adds a lot of points in my book. I believe he went yeah. to Bellarmine, which was in our uh, high school conference. Um, yeah. All boys powerhouse in San Jose. Um, yeah. But I think he's a C. I think I think I have to agree. I almost wanted to put him in B, yeah. but like it's kind of the Matt Herges thing too. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he just like it's it's the story, not so much his on-field performance at the end of the day. And so there's that. Um, speaking of a story and an on-field <laughs> performance, but not the kind that you want, um, our boy Hunter Strickland. I think we know where this is going. Yeah, um, it says a lot that his <laughs> most memorable moments as a giant are hitting Bryce Harper or giving <laughs> up absolute bombs to Bryce Harper. Didn't he also break his hand 
like punching oh, a wall or something absolutely. like that. Absolutely. That's a classic Hunter Strickland move. Classic move. <laughs> he's like he's like if you took Madison Bumgarner and made him like a lot more unlikable. Yes. Yes. Like no nothing no redeeming dry wit or like fun vibes to bring to the table just like well, just kind of a cross. The Diamondbacks guy. might just say they're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, straight to D. All right. Will Smith um, uh Great, great pitcher. I think he's a B, um, but I think he might be ahead of the class in the B tier. Agree. I think he's a, he's like a B plus to me, but it's like when you look at the A tier and you see Doval, Romo, and Casilla, it's like Will Smith isn't hanging with those guys at no. the end of the day. And no. he also, there was like 2016, there were some moments where we needed we needed him to show up, and I think that he didn't. So yep. I'm going to penalize him for that. Okay, well, we did it. I mean... I'm going to share a link to this in the show notes. Um, please feel free to to play along if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tell us uh, your thoughts, you know, you too. Can, if we messed yeah. up anything, if there are people who really remember Matt Hurgis, Tyler Walker, or uh, Brad Hennessy's career. Brad Hennessy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please let us know why we failed yes. at ranking them properly. But otherwise, yeah. I'm pretty satisfied with this list, Evan. Thank you all so much for listening. As we said, please... Uh, we love engagement, so um, follow up with your Giants tier list. Um, we didn't shout out some of the older um, Giants closers, so like Rod Beck. If anyone wants to talk to us about Rod Beck, we're absolutely here for it. Yeah. Um, and any any other thoughts you have or ideas about future episodes. As you saw in this one, it's not necessarily pertaining to the Giants uh, of here and now. Um, some of these episodes will deviate from kind of the season's flow. Um, So yeah, let us know what you think. Um, But thank you again for listening. um, And we'll be back next week. Yep. We'll be back next week. Um, Please follow us wherever you get your podcast. If you, I know people always say this, but if you have time to do a rating on Spotify or Apple, that helps us a lot. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Um, And thank you for listening, listening to us ramble about giants closers for 45 minutes. We really do appreciate it. So (laughs) Uh, We'll see you next week.